Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Off the Tracks Football Podcast for Purdue Football. Tonight, we were missing our usual guest in Corey Sheets. He is uh, on assignment back home with his family and friends. Uh, but tonight, we do have Jace with us. And uh, Jace, driving to the airport sucks. We know this. Are you going to drive to the airport when you go to uh, Iowa or Nebraska or just trying to hitch a ride with the team at this point? I would like to hitch a ride with the team. (laughs) That would be nice. And that's probably the only thing better than taking reindeer shuttle to the airport because driving to the airport sucks. As usual, we thank them as our sponsor. They take you to O'Hare and Indianapolis International Airport multiple times a day from Lafayette. So go to reindeershuttle.com and have them take you to the airport because driving to the airport sucks. And hopefully later on tonight, uh, we will have Kyle Holderfield with us because he is also on assignment with two kids. So <laughs> it's just Jason and I to start this this week. And as usual, Wisconsin dominated up front, and that was the difference, right, Jace? Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's just got some voodoo over Purdue. And um, I personally think that they need to bring Kyle Orton back out for the Wisconsin game. Never, if they still haven't beaten them. Uh, by the next time they play in West Lafayette, they need to bring Kyle Wharton out and have him sitting on the sidelines or something, try to exercise those demons. But uh, yeah, it was it was more the same out of Wisconsin. Um, if I'm being honest, you know, like I thought that they would lean heavily on the run game, even though they um, they moved to that air raid offense, which um, it was basically different packaging, same product when it came for Wisconsin because um, they still ran the ball for. Uh, about 200 yards, uh, dominated Purdue on on both sides of the line of scrimmage. So um, it was a vintage Wisconsin performance over Purdue. Yeah, that's what really stood out to me was, like you said, they tried to do the air raid, but really didn't need to establish it because of the running game. And I just thought the offensive line by Wisconsin, they were taking care of Purdue even bad for Purdue-Wisconsin. I mean, th- those first couple of drives, they just mauled Purdue's defensive front, which was kind of stunning. Yeah, and it was – I was – before the game, I was looking back at some of the old Wisconsin running backs that had tormented Purdue. Even over the last, like, 20 years, like, you – Jonathan Taylor averaged, like, 254, and I can't remember how many touchdowns he had. And obviously, like, Melvin Gordon and John Clay and going back to Ron Dane – all those guys all dominated Purdue. And it wasn't one of those, like, 250-yard games for one guy. Um, Purdue re- actually did fairly well in terms of limiting big plays in the run game. Uh, Tanner Mordecai had a couple of, of, of chunk plays uh, with that read option, which Purdue struggled with all year. And then Raylan Allen had that 50-yarder um, in the third quarter. But other than that, they were basically just, like, chipping away at the Purdue defense. And they were out there for so long that I think that they just ended up getting getting worn down. Well, I think they converted something like their first eight third downs. First eight, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's what I that was what I noticed the most from where I was sitting is just I kept looking up. It's like six of six, seven of seven, eight of eight, eight of nine, nine of ten. I think they were like twelve of fourteen at one point before uh, the end of the game, and that you know that was huge too. Yeah, and it was. The same story as the Fresno State game. I know they did it in a little bit of different fashion, but like Purdue, if that Purdue defense can't get off the field, there's mm-hmm. nothing the offense can do about it. You know what I mean? So um, that's going to be, I think that's going to be another focal point for them going into this week, which I know we'll talk about uh, later on in the week. But um, 
I mean, that's that's pretty much what what led to their demise there in the first half because you get behind twenty one three, it's going to be hard to come come out of that hole against any team, um, regardless of if it's, if it if it's against Wisconsin or not. You know, so oh, exactly. And, but they still almost came out of the hole. I mean, that is the one thing that I have got to give Ryan Walters and his staff credit for is the first half is probably the worst half of football that they've had this year. And they were still fighting. They were still clawing. And arguably things look a little bit different in the second half. If you don't have the penalty or non-penalty, I should say, it was that obvious of a penalty when uh, Jaden Dixon veal was down in the corner of the end zone. Yeah. And they, um, they talked about that after the game quite a bit, just how they came out in that third quarter and how they would like to replicate that for the whole game. We still haven't seen Purdue have a complete performance this year. Oh, not anywhere close. Even against Virginia Tech, where they won, um, between like the middle half of the second quarter, throughout basically until the last like I want to say eight minutes of the fourth quarter, they weren't doing anything mm-hmm. specifically offensively. So, if Purdue can put together one game of just being consistent, I think that they would give them a lot of confidence, but. Is haven't been able to do that. They've shown it in spurts. I mean, like like you mentioned in the second half, that run game was looking electric. With Tyron oh, Tracy yeah. back there. Tracy back there, he's been a weapon for them. Um, I mean, he, he got a little bit more run than Devin Mockaby on Saturday or Friday. Um, but I still feel like you need to get him more than eight touches in mm-hmm. the run, personally. Um, but that, I mean, that unit was maybe the one bright light of the game. Absolutely. And uh, Maccabi hit on a few. I think he had an early decent run that was called back mm-hmm. on a hold, too. Otherwise, you know, he his numbers look even better. I thought Dylan Downing in the few carries he got looked pretty quick, too. Yeah. When I was watching the game back, he actually got stuffed on like the rest of his touches. But he did have that one that that broke off for like 25 yards. Um, mm-hmm. So that was to see out of him. I know that he had a couple of pretty nice games last year. I remember the Florida Atlantic game. He had like. 113 in a score, I think. Um, but yeah, if, in the looking back at the snap counts, it was pretty, it was fairly even between all three of those guys. So I think it will be more that I don't want to call it a three headed monster because it's not that yet, but uh, more of a timeshare back there between those guys. But like you said, um, Mockaby did have that. It would have been his longest run of the year. I think it was 24 yards mm-hmm. called back, but he still had runs of 12 and 19. Um, there in the second half to to set up the first touchdown. Tracy, I, to me, it's he doesn't just have speed. He's able to make that really nifty first move. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of that touchdown he had at Virginia Tech where it was almost he makes a right angle cut mm-hmm. <laughs> before you even realize it. And he had a couple of those last night, too. Yeah, I feel like those all three of those guys complement each other well. Um, I know Lamar Lamar Connor has talked about that a lot. Um, Graham's talked about that a lot. They really like those running backs. Um, I think, obviously, like we've talked about on this podcast over the course of the last few weeks, the offensive line's been the real issue, specifically in in short yardage. But like that group proved that if you can give them some lanes, they can make some plays happen. We know what Devin Mockby's capable of. Um, I'm kind of hoping that this is just a rough patch for him and. He's able to come back and really turn it on on the latter half of the season, but 
Um, right now, Tyrone Tracy to me is the most impressive guy. I mean, he just he can really hit those home runs, those explosive plays that uh, Purdue's been needing out of the run game. They just haven't gotten them outside of him. Mm-hmm. And just it's just another frustrating game because I really feel like Purdue could have been there, and if they'd have been able to keep it close, they could have established that run game earlier and earlier and really get it going. But just, I mean, it to me, it was just appalling also how Wisconsin just dominated up front, both their offensive line and their defensive line there in the first half, too. Yeah, and I mean, that's a staple of Wisconsin, though. Like, yeah. last, year, last year, them and Iowa both didn't have very good offensive lines. So I think that's why they kind of struggled there. But um, Wisconsin has always been known to send guys to the league and things like that, um, have all Big Ten performance performers on across the line. But um, I think they really proved that, that that group's able to do that for them this year. And I think also Braylon Allen is officially a uh, most despised man in West Lafayette right now. He now has three 100-yard games against Purdue in his career. <laughs> he went for 116 on Saturday. Last year, he went for 113 in a touchdown. And then in his first season, his freshman season, he went for 140 and two touchdowns against Purdue. So I don't want to see this man anymore. He's not quite Jonathan Taylor, but he's getting up to that Monty Ball level. And uh, I hope he goes pro. Yeah, I was going to say, Purdue might not have to see him again. After this year. <laughs> but to be fair... I'm sure that he's had three 100-yard games against quite a few teams in the league. If mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't looked, but yeah, he's. Uh, I, I don't want to see him anymore. I'm, I'm done, and hopefully Wisconsin's off the schedule next year. Whenever they name the new opponents. <laughs> oh yeah, because I think they were, weren't they? I think so, but who knows? After adding yeah. Oregon and Washington, now they have to scrap all that and start all over. So. Yeah, and Purdue already has to go to the West Coast next year, too, with the uh, Oregon State makeup, or not makeup, but the back end of that. So just just another frustrating loss. Were there any other positives that you kind of saw offensively? As I mean, Yassine had another great game as a possession mm-hmm. guy, too. Yeah, Yassine, I mean, he's been Mr. Consistent for them um, throughout the year. I feel like he's always going to have four to six catches for – 50, 60 yards, somewhere around there, and he'll be a, a nice target for Hudson Card on third down. Um, Deion Burks was a little more involved than he had been in the previous couple games. Yeah, um, I had him six of 60, six for 73 and almost broke a couple of big plays again. Yeah, and I think Purdue's really focusing in on getting him more touches because he is their best playmaker offensively. Um, so he'll be a, a key for their success. I mean, Hudson Card – on the heels of what could have been his best performance at Purdue, he turned it probably his worst. Um, 202 yards wasn't super accurate, but um, still he still made some plays. I mean, he's always going to do that just because of his talent level. Um, and then the three turnovers. that Actually, I don't know if the last – the fumble was considered a turnover, but he did have the two interceptions. So, um it's been uncharacteristic the last couple games out of him with the turnovers and everything like that. I mean, if he gets those cleaned up, I, I still don't know if Purdue wins on Friday um, if they don't have those two turnovers in the second half. Um, but 
I mean, they would have had a, a shot most definitely. So I'm not putting the first in, uh, interception on card. Not when Jaden Dixonville gets thrown down at the goal line. That was, I, I couldn't believe that wasn't pass interference. <laughs> see the issue with that is like, it's so hard to see from up there in the press box. Cause you also have to look up, like you see it on the jumbotron you mm-hmm. know, so much from there. And then you look up at the TVs and, Listen, I love all the people at the Purdue communications stuff, and and the press box is very nice. But those TVs are small; it's really hard, really hard <laughs> to see. So, um, yeah, those are just hard to see. So I I can't really comment on that, I guess. Well, from what I could see, because my seats were at the other in the other end of the field, about the ten yard line, but they're on the press box side, so it was like just a straight line there, and it looked like he was about to make a play on the ball and he just got thrown to the ground and then it was an easy interception. I, I don't know. I mean, at best, what Purdue gets the untimed down and kicks a field goal. You don't think they go for it there. They might. I don't know. Eh, It'd be interesting, but speaking of field goals, I think we also have to cite uh, Julio Macias. It was good to see him Mm -hmm. out there. First career field goal. Made both of his extra points. I I, I really liked him, and mm. I haven't been critical of Ben Freehill, but he's been a little shakier than I thought. And it was a good debut for Macias. Why did he win the job this week in practice, or what? That's going to be interesting to see how it plays out moving forward. I'm going to ask Coach Walters about it tomorrow. But um, I mean, in my mind, I think he he solidified himself. At the very least, it's going to be a competition moving forward. We we do have to see what the status of Ben Freehill is. Um, because we don't really know what's going on with him, how long he could be out, um, and and all those specifics. But I know from talking to a couple of people around the program that Macias has really, really improved over the last several weeks. He was hurt for a while, like mm-hmm. fall camp, um, most of spring, spring football. Um, he was injured, didn't do a whole lot this summer, but he's really honed in on his mechanics, and he's been a lot more consistent. So. Um, I don't think he has the same leg, even though he's like 250. He's huge, mm-hmm. bigger. Um, I don't know if he still has the same leg as Ben Freehill because Freehill could make from probably, I've seen him make it from like 54, 55 in warmups. Obviously, that depends on the weather and, and things of that nature. But he's got a pretty big leg. I don't know if he's if Macias has got that type of leg, but um, I mean Purdue needs someone that's consistent at that spot, and I think he could be that for them. Yeah, because it's going to make a difference later in the season. There, there's going to be a moment where you're going to have to have somebody knock in a kick. And, you know, even if it ends up being a situation here where Macias and um, Freehill end up splitting, like Freehill k- takes the long field goals, Macias takes the short. It's not like we haven't seen that before. Remember, Jeff Brom, I think he alternated kickers every other kick mm-hmm. his first season. <laughs> I, I do Again, I just got to go back to praising this team for being able to fight back just because it it was somehow still a game in the fourth quarter. I believe Purdue was down 13 and had the ball in Wisconsin territory. And, yeah, you're struggling to stop them all night. But you get a touchdown there and you cut it to six. You you know just maybe that something's going to happen. And, you know, that's a credit to what Walters and his staff are doing. And I think that's why – so many people need to realize that and stay positive with him, right? Yeah. It's weird for me because I think that's, I don't want to say a cop-out, but, like, I mean, Purdue just got their butts whooped. 
yeah. and they they came back in a little bit of garbage time when they were down a lot um so i do give them credit for still fighting back but i don't know i don't want to give them too much credit for that if that makes sense i think it does and you know you should you don't have to make a comeback unless you already put him down by that much and yeah. that's really what purdue needs to change because that's happened a ton of times with wisconsin here mm-hmm. but still it's not just the first game where we've seen that i mean they were getting their butt whipped a little bit by garrett trader and stuff by syracuse and it was still a game in the fourth quarter and we saw them get through the rain delay we saw them bounce back and do take it down the field and take the lead on fresno so this team is really doing a lot of the right things there. And I, I, I think that's going to pay off eventually. Yeah. I think they're close, but they're still so far because mm-hmm. it's, they just have, ran, I don't want to say random, but they have different issues popping up. It seems every game, like uh, the Syracuse game, it was obviously turnovers and defending the, the quarterback run uh, last week. It was more the run game um, from the running backs out of the backfield, which, they hadn't allowed a hundred yard rusher out of the backfield up until this Wisconsin game. Um, So that, that was something new. And then, you know, like we've talked about on here, it feels like every time those short yardage scenarios are, have gonna have been an issue for the whole year and and look like they're going to continue. He makes a massive change there. So. Well, we have a sudden surprise guest here. We have Kyle Holderfield. He has joined us. He's put his kids to bed. Kyle, what what did you see from this aside from your typical Purdue Wisconsin football game? Uh, first of all, can you hear? Yes, me? we're good. All right, all right, cool. Um, you know, pretty typical. Uh, I had to rewatch it because we were we I had a game to coach on Friday night, so I rewatched it a little bit today uh, while the kids were napping or whatnot. And uh, you know, like I, I I just tuned in on Jace talking about you know the short yardage situations. That's uh, that looks like it's going to be a reoccurring issue. Um, for the majority of the season, and <clears throat> it's no surprise that they handled us up front. Uh, I think Wisconsin spits down the road, and they fired the guy that's six eight, three hundred and twenty. Uh, they, they, their so ag school has to be growing them in the back behind the <laughs> stadium at this point. <laughs> that, that's that's truly what I'm convinced of. But uh, you know, it, it, it was pretty pretty typical. Um, that I, I do like the fight that Purdue showed in the second half. Uh, they didn't lay down when things went a little little haywire in the first half. They they tried to fight back as best as they could, but let's just be honest. Um, they have a little bit more uh, talent-wise than we do. I mean, they're, they're, they're starting running back 6'2", 250, and then the backup is fast as snot, and um, quarterback's not too bad himself. Um, then defensively, they got <clears throat> plenty of guys all over the field. Great, good linebackers, good defensive line. Um, and, and, I mean, we struggled, and it's kind of what we expected coming into the year, honestly. Yeah, but it's as we were talking with Jace, I was talking with Jace here before you showed up. There's still that element of they fought back, like you said, and it was somehow still a game in the fourth quarter. I mean, you would have had to play perfect football, but you have the ball in Wisconsin territory down 13. You know, you put it in the end zone there. You might get a stop. You might somebody might fumble. You know, that that's just a credit because they were just totally pushed around to that point. Yeah, absolutely. That's that was the biggest thing I noticed. Um, first of all, in the box score after um, my my game that I was coaching, the high school game, and I looked at the box score. I caught the last about three minutes, and then uh, of course, then when I rewatched it, I, I I thought it was really really great that they they continued to fight. They didn't lay down um, as <clears throat> some teams in the past um, maybe would have done. Uh, they they did a good job. I mean, 
it is what it is. Uh, we're, we're what one and three now, which is not where you want to be. Uh, but, uh, I, I'm digging into the, you know, the, the box a little bit today, the, the three teams we've lost to have a combined record of 11 and one. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like we're losing to, uh, almost Akron. Um, we're, you know, oh, we're losing subtle to, dig. I like that. That's good. <laughs> but we're losing, we're losing the teams that are going to be bowl teams. You know, they're going to be in good bowl games too. And speaking of bowl games, you know, maybe this is just me being optimistic. I still think this team has a chance. I mean, Indiana, you got them at the end of the year. They are not looking that great. Northwestern, yeah, they had the big comeback, but where are they going to be at that point in the year? Minnesota just uh, blew a 21-point lead to Northwestern. Nebraska has been Nebraska-ing a decent amount and is really struggling under their first year. Illinois, this next game, they haven't exactly looked solid, and Iowa, you know, I, I think Purdue can beat Iowa because they are the type of team that if you get up on them 10 nothing, the game is over. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like, a, a bowl game is definitely still obtainable. I don't think any any thoughts of a bowl game should go away. Uh, the, the Big Ten is 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 pretty top-heavy, let's be honest. You know, you, Ohio State, who's even looks beatable. Um, then Michigan, who is probably the best of the best. But hell, I'm – Penn State might be the best team in the Big Ten, to be honest. Their defense is phenomenal. They have a good running game. The quarterback's solid. Um, and, and then you have Wisconsin that's probably like the fourth or fifth best team. But then after that, it's like, I mean, you can honestly clump everybody together. I mean, Iowa, of course, has, you know, a, a standard Iowa-type defense. But they didn't, like, sniff the end zone. They had, like, 11 <laughs> possessions. They had three fumbles and eight punts yesterday. I mean, uh, if, if, if the offensive coordinator, like I read in the offseason's got to average 25 points per game to get paid that buddy better start filing for some unemployment here real soon that's all i know Uh, they got stuffed in the phantom zone i swear man they had less than 80 yards of total offense how how does that happen it's so incredibly impressive that they have no idea how to offense it's so impressive i don't understand like they had tyrone tracy and like i know tyrone tracy was underutilized last year uh he in open space he's electric though we saw it uh, on the kick return earlier this year in the first game, we he he was good in the run game on Friday night, and like how you don't use an athlete in space is is kind of crazy to me. Uh, they're just so like stuck in yeah we got to be Iowa football boring three cloud or three yards in a cloud of dust play defense like you you have Des Moines there in Iowa there's some guys there that that leave the state because you are boring uh, anyway. <laughs> Oh, my. Well, we got Illinois up next. The Bilema Bowl, the Walters Bowl. What what kind of bowl is this? Uh, what, what Have we come up with a name on that one? The Canning Game. It, it might, well, it might be the Toilet Bowl <laughs> if it keeps going this way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, yeah, it, it should be an interesting game. And I I think it's a very winnable game for Purdue. Don't you guys agree? Yeah, I certainly think so. I mean, they're they're kind of in the same spot, to be honest. Like the Illinois defense has been terrible, uh, as has Purdue's. Um, they've had a little bit of success offensively, similar to Purdue. Um, I think the issue for Kevin Kane's defense is going to be Luke Altmyer. He might run crazy because he's uh-huh. he's fat. I, I don't know if he's at the same level as Garrett Schrader, but he's definitely more athletic than Tanner Mordecai, and they're a little bit more willing to let him run. I mean, he had a 70-yarder against Kansas 
where he just went untouched and outran everybody. So um, he's a dude that could run wild. Purdue Purdue definitely can win this one. And, and just looking at like raw numbers, like 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 Jay said, you know, it's like looking in the mirror almost. They're scoring 22 points per game. We're scoring 24. We're allowing 32. They're allowing 27. We're averaging 400 yards per game. They're averaging 395. You know, um, it's almost like looking in a mirror a little bit. Uh, and but like Jay said, Altmaier might give us some issues on the ground. But I, I get like, and maybe I missed this talk while getting Delilah down the bed. But I like I understand the scheme. Like I I understand it and I believe in it. But you got to have dudes that have that scheme. And I'm hoping here we're four games in. You know, 33% way done with the regular season. Hopefully, hopefully some easy adjustments will be made. I'm not saying you got to change the whole scheme, but a spy on a quarterback is not the worst idea. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, and especially with uh, Thieneman playing back there. And oh, I guess I should mention one other player. Uh, you mentioned having those guys on the corners. Boso or Bostros Alex- Alessandro. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had one heck of an interception, and I'm hoping that's a good sign for him because I know he's been kind of picked on a little bit at times. To be fair, Cam Allen has two picks, and he's been picked on more than anybody I've ever seen oh, <laughs> for, for six years. Yeah. I hear you, Kyle. So any final thoughts, Jace, before we uh, sign off on this? No, I'm going to let Kyle, Kyle ran if he wants to. <laughs> oh yeah, go for it. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little late to the party. Put the kids down. And I looked in my kitchen and I went, "Holy hell, what happened today?" So I had to clean up the kitchen too. But uh, no, I you know, I not not a whole lot of ranting. You know, just some some schematic things. I haven't been on the pod in a little bit. It's been busy, but um, some, some schematic issues I think. And and it's not that. I don't believe in the scheme. It's that we don't have dudes for the scheme, but guys are coming. And so uh, we're going to take bumps. We're going to take bumps this year. And it, and it is what it is now offensively, the run game. Okay. I, I do have some issues with that. Like, and I know we're fumbling the ball too much and things like that, but uh, we're not getting guys in space in the run game. And, and so it's, it's making it tough on Hudson card to look like the guy that, they talked him up to be if we had a little bit more of a balanced approach and people respected uh, what we were doing on the ground card could probably cut it loose a little bit more. Um, and we'd see more space for our receivers, but uh, you know, plug away. I, that's, I guess that's what I say is there's 30, you know, 67% of the seasons left. You got eight games left and, and there's winnable games. You can still make a bowl game. And the, the some people on Twitter are unbearable. Yes. Okay? It's, uh. it's not the end of the world. The cupboard was left bare. The 2021 recruiting class, which is a major, you know, contributor to this roster, was last in the Big Ten under the previous regime. Okay, so um, there, there's room to improve, and uh, I, I believe that they will improve. Now, is it going to be like all of a sudden the lights are going to turn on? We're going to win seven, eight games? Probably not. But um, don't, don't, don't fall off the bandwagon just because of a bad start to a to three losses to teams with a combined 11 and one record. Oh, absolutely. It's not time to panic. So we'll have time to panic during basketball season when they fall behind seven to four for the first media timeout against Samford. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the paint will peel off the walls. (laughs) Anyway, with that in mind, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. We do thank you for listening to us. We should have Corey back later in the week to talk Illinois. Uh, but we thank Kyle for filling in 
great analysis as always, Kyle. You are welcome whenever. <laughs> so for Kyle and for Jace, I am Travis Miller of Boiler Upload, and this has been the Off the Tracks podcast, Boiler Up. <laughs>